When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. My friends, I am Vivian McPeak, and this is Hempresent. If you have feedback or would like to suggest a guest or topic for Hempresent, email me at hempresent at gmail.com. I greatly enjoy hearing from you, the listener. Today's guest on Hempresent is Sam Darkangelo. Since 2018, Sam's been the director for Headcount's Cannabis Voter Project, an initiative that aims to get people to the polls by educating them about the ways their vote can influence cannabis policy. Prior to working with Headcount, Sam was a writer and online editor for Relics Magazine and Offbeat Magazine and a staff writer for the Marijuana Policy Project. He interned with Headcount during his senior year at at the new school where he received his BA in history and in 2012. Sam received his Master of Public Affairs from the University of Texas at Austin in 2020. A native of New Orleans, Sam is a fan of funk music, Mardi Gras, and Saints football, and I'm a fan of his really important work. Welcome, Sam, to Cannabis Radio. Thank you uh, so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm really excited. Awesome. So Headcount is a nonpartisan organization that uses the power of music to register voters and promote participation in democracy. What more can you tell us about your organization? Yeah, so Headcount, you know, as you mentioned, uh, is a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization uh, that works really in the music community to get fans of, of live music excited about voting and registered to vote, uh, just overall participating in the democratic process. Um, what we've been known for uh, since we launched in, in 2004 was, is, um, you know, registering people to vote at concerts in music festivals. Uh, you know, we like to meet young people where they're at and music festivals, concerts, great places to meet large gatherings of young people. So, you know, if you've ever seen people registering voters at concerts and music festivals, very good chance. Uh, it's been us, whether it's at Bonnaroo or at, you know, concerts for artists like Ariana Grande, Beyonce, Harry Styles, really those massive pop stars, but also, you know, we have our roots in the jam band scene as well, coming out of, you know, the Grateful Dead affiliated universe, bands like Fish, Dead & Company, Dave Matthews Band. We've been at those shows uh, for a very long time. Uh, as well. In fact, Bob Weir is actually on our, our, our board of directors of the Grateful Dead. Um, but a couple of years ago, you know, after so many years of really targeting the live music community and the music community and doing that in such a big way, we decided to focus uh, also with a new campaign, the Cannabis Voter Project, that would target the cannabis community in much the same way that we've targeted the live music community over the years. And really the impetus behind that was recognizing that whenever we saw cannabis legalization initiatives on the ballot in certain states, uh, we would see really bump, big bumps in the enthusiasm from the young folks that we would, you know, encounter in those, those states uh, about voting. You know, people, why are you registering to vote this year? Well, cannabis, got to vote for cannabis legalization. Cannabis is on the ballot. Um, and so we realized that cannabis, I um, mean, there's some data that, that bears this out too. When you have those legalization initiatives, there are bumps in youth voter turnout. But, you know, I like to say that, that we've recognized cannabis 
uh, as a gateway issue uh, that can get young people excited about participating in the political process. And that's uh, in large part what this campaign aims to do. Yeah, I mean, you know, in the 2016 election, cannabis polled better than uh, all the candidates uh, individually or collectively. Um, I was a founder of Seattle Hemp Fest back in 1991. Back then, we heard from many naysayers that we were wasting our time, that prohibition was here to stay. And many people laughed at us. And some of those people who were laughing before are coughing today because they're smoking <laughs> legal weed, right? Um, when people tell me their vote doesn't matter, I remind them that weed didn't legalize itself in these states. You know, what are your thoughts on the way that voting has moved cannabis policy forward so far? Well, I mean, I think you, you really nailed it right there. We didn't legalize itself in Washington or Colorado or Massachusetts or California, et cetera. I mean, it's only recently that you're starting to see you know, the legislative process used as a tool uh, to legalize cannabis in, in certain states. And even that, you know, there's a large voting component as well. But, you know, I think you really hit the nail on the head there. One of the things that we run into a lot in this line of work of, of registering particularly young people to vote is this kind of apathy, right? A lot of people who want to just sink into this, ah, voting doesn't matter, who cares? It's all the same, blah, 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 blah. But when you look at an issue like cannabis, and as you've said, in Washington, Colorado, you know, people went and they voted and they saw a material improvement in their lives as a result of voting. Uh, they saw an actual, you know, discrete policy change happen because they went to the polls um, and in a way that, that improved their lives and improved their friends' lives, families' lives. And uh, it's just very easy to show the one-to-one -one of, well, you're going to tell me voting doesn't matter. You like cannabis. Well, look at all of these states. Uh, that have legalized uh, cannabis. Look at the attention that cannabis is now getting on the national level in Congress um, as a result in, in many ways of seeing, you know, blue states, red states, purple states, all vote uh, in favor of big cannabis reforms uh, in 2020. So, you know, there's a whole lot of ways that, that cannabis policy has been moved forward by voting, but I mean, you named the big ones. States have, have legalized, whether it's been, you know, adult use or, or medical or various other policy uh, changes. Uh, they've come in, in large part directly from, from voting at the ballot box. Yeah, and, and you know, of course, it's so funny. People say, I'm not going to vote because my vote doesn't matter. It's like, yeah, your vote doesn't matter if you don't cast it, right? That's the yeah, vote yeah. that doesn't matter, right? Um, we happen to be having this conversation on the ninth anniversary of Washington State becoming uh, the first U.S. state to legalize recreational use of marijuana uh, and the first to allow recreational marijuana sales. Of course, Colorado was around the same time. Um, but cannabis is still federally illegal. There are tens of thousands of Americans in jails and prisons over the plant today. Um, how important is our vote moving forward in terms of ending prohibition for good? Well, look, you're never going to get like a national referendum uh, here. And in some ways, you know, it's not even the votes themselves that are as, as important as making known where you as a voter stand on this issue. Uh, we recently launched, you know, a campaign a couple weeks ago called Cannabis in Common. Uh, you can check it out, cannabisincommon.org. We had you know, supported videos from Seth Rogen, Sarah Silverman, um, a whole lot of different cannabis uh, companies uh, got behind it. The idea really being, you know, the American people disagree on a whole lot of things, uh, but we have cannabis in common. We largely, more than two thirds of us agree that cannabis uh, should be legalized, uh, want to see cannabis policy move forward, but there's been, you know, a surprising lack of movement, or maybe not that surprising, depending on how you look at it, uh, in, from, from Congress. And so, you know, it's not just about well, yeah, it is in a lot of ways, you got to go out and vote. You got to make it known that you are a voter. Uh, but you also want to let the people that you're voting for, the people who represent you know where you stand on this issue and let them know not that this is just where you stand, but that it's actually an important issue to you. I think a lot of times with, with cannabis, it's not just, you know, people might see that there's, you know, large levels of support, but there's this question in the minds of politicians, well, how important is this issue to the individual voter? Do I really need to expend my political capital uh, dealing with it? And if enough people make noise, uh, you can convince them otherwise. And that's, you know, the idea behind, uh, behind cannabis in common there. 
Sam, Headcount has conducted voter registration drives at more than 1,000 live events each year since 2004. You've signed up over a million voters through your work with, like you said, you know, touring musicians like Ariana Grande, Dead & Company, Beyonce, etc. I imagine the pandemic has created many challenges for you with the temporary near total shutdown of live music. Uh, what has that experience been like and how has Headcount responded? Well, you know, um, it, it did create a lot of challenges and, and live events will always be, you know, Headcount's bread and butter in a lot of ways. Um, but Headcount actually posted, um, and this is not Cannabis Voter Project per se, although we had a great year as well, um, but Headcount uh, as the organization uh, actually had its best year ever uh, in 2020 uh, in terms wow. of the number of people registered to vote. And that was in large part due, you know, the pandemic, uh, it, it put us in a corner, but it also forced us to really lean, lean hard into the digital uh, activism and to finding new ways to kind of maximize our footprint in the digital space. Uh, and that turned out to be incredibly effective uh, and a lot of great work was, was done there. So there was definitely some challenges uh, but I think Headcount as an organization met them. Uh, and like I said, ended up having by far its best year ever uh, in 2020, uh, despite the, the various challenges with the pandemic. That said, um, as concerts and music festivals start to open up in a much bigger way, we're very excited uh, to be getting back out on the road there, uh, registering people you know, in person. Uh, because you know, as great as it is to register people online, that's extremely important. There's really something about that face-to-face -face conversation, a young person speaking with another young person, explaining to them, look, this is why this matters. Uh, getting them registered to vote. And I think it leaves, you know, a pretty important impression. So we're, we're stoked to be getting back out in the field, but I think we really, you know, we thrived in a lot of ways um, in the digital space. Wow, that, that's, that, that's, that's great news. Um, I'm talking to Sam D'Arcangelo from Headcount. We're going to take a quick break, come back with our second segment. Don't go anywhere. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. We are back with Sam D'Arcangelo from Headcount. Um, Sam, Headcount utilizes community volunteers, and I, I read that you have more than 40,000 volunteers nationwide organized into local street teams in almost every major U.S. city. Uh, it's just vitally important that everybody participate in democracy. Can people get involved and join a Headcount street team in their city? How do people support your organization? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm really glad that you asked this because I always love to plug this aspect of what Headcount does. Uh, you can go to headcount.org right now uh, if you're interested and in, in sign up to volunteer uh, one of, you know, any shows, festivals in your area. Uh, you know, you can also go to cannabisvoter.info. That's the website for the Cannabis Voter Project specifically. We have a volunteer sign-up page there that you can go check out if you want to do stuff uh, with the Cannabis Voter Project. Um, but Headcount, you know, like you said, a thousand plus events every year. Uh, and, and really, it's a lot of fun. You know, participating in democracy is incredibly important. Uh, but the way that Headcount does it, I mean, you volunteer at a concert, uh, maybe a music festival. Uh, most of the time, you get to stick around and see the show. Uh, so great way to meet like-minded people, a uh, great way to just connect with a lot of folks in your community, fans of similar bands as you, and uh, yeah, highly recommend uh, checking out headcount.org uh, and volunteering. It's, it's a lot of fun. Great. Um, you know, for years, legalization was somewhat a partisan issue, uh, not that all Democrats supported it, but Republicans were traditionally strongly opposed, but Right now, Republican Nancy Mace and five Republican co-sponsors have recently introduced the State's Reform Act, which would federally legalize cannabis by removing it from the federal schedule. And Democrat Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has teamed up with Republican Representative Dave Joyce to advance the HOPE Act to expunge records of Americans who've had nonviolent cannabis arrests. Do you think that things are changing? And how hopeful are you that we might actually see federal legalization sooner rather than later? Yeah, you know, I, do, I think things are definitely changing. I think, you know, you really spoke to that uh, with regards to the partisanness of the issue. I mean, one thing that's always been true about cannabis uh, and it remains true today is that politicians are well behind 
you know, the people on this issue. Yeah. Uh, and so um, I think that cannabis is certainly becoming less partisan at the politician level. I mean, you know, you look at the Moore Act vote, for instance, uh, just a year ago, and it was overwhelmingly Democrats voting, voting in favor, and then a handful of Republicans also signing on. But then now you've got a few more Republicans who've come together around this MACE bill, as you just described. Um, but when you look at the voters, you know, you see some polls showing as much as 51 percent uh, slight majority support among Republican voters uh, for cannabis legalization. And you see nowhere near that level of support from, say, Republican politicians. Uh, and on the Democratic side, especially in the Senate, uh, you know, you see polls showing 70, 80 something percent support uh, for legalization among Democrats. You don't see 70, 80 percent support in the Senate uh, for federal uh, you know, descheduling, at least not publicly. Um, and so this issue uh, is incredibly nonpartisan when you get down to the voters, uh, and it's increasingly nonpartisan. Every passing year, the numbers go up, up, up a little bit, um, and it, that that goes across partisan lines. You know, Republicans, Independents, Democrats, um, and I mean, we talked about this earlier. But if you look at the states that voted for cannabis legalization uh, in 2020, you had New Jersey, basically a blue state; Arizona, a kind of purple swing state; Montana, South Dakota. Those are traditionally red states, as we'd say, voting in favor of legalization. So you've got majority support. In any state, regardless of you know where the politics are uh, at this point, is what it looks like. Um, now, what does that mean for you know federal uh, legalization going forward? I think that what we have right now is the most cannabis-friendly Senate that has ever existed. We're going to take another break and come back with our final segment with Sam Darcangelo. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. And we are back talking about headcount. Um, Sam, for years, legalization was a somewhat partisan issue as Republicans were traditionally strongly opposed. Uh, not that all Democrats were supportive, but Republican uh, Nancy Mace and five Republican co-sponsors just recently introduced the States Reform Act, which would federally legalize cannabis by removing it from the federal schedule. And Democrat Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has teamed up with Republican Representative Dave Joyce to advance the HOPE Act, which would expunge records of Americans who've had nonviolent cannabis arrests. Do you think that things are changing and how hopeful are you that we might be seeing federal legalization sooner rather than later? Yeah, well, you know, that's an interesting question. I'm really glad, glad that you brought up the, uh, the partisan uh, aspect of, of cannabis reform, or rather the nonpartisan uh, aspect. You know, one of the things that we focus on uh, with Cannabis in Common is this idea uh, that cannabis is a, is a truly nonpartisan uh, issue. Uh, but in some respects, that's actually much more true of the voters uh, than it is of, of the politicians, right? And uh, and that's just kind of a, a running theme here in cannabis policy in general, this, this idea that the voters have been well ahead of the politicians uh, on this issue. But, you know, if we're going to talk about uh, what's going on in Congress, you know, you have the Mace bill there with, uh, as you mentioned, five Republican co-sponsors. Uh, there were maybe about five or six Republicans who voted uh, in favor of the Moore Act, which was the first, you know, big descheduling bill to, to be passed, to pass any uh, chamber of Congress uh, back about a year ago. Uh, but largely, you know, the votes uh, in Congress have been from Democrats. These have been Democrats shepherded bills. Uh, you had, you know, the vast majority of Democrats vote for the Moore Act, while only a handful or so of Republicans uh, voted in favor of it. And then that's kind of odd, really, when you look at the polls uh, that show a, a lot of them now, about 51 percent small majorities of or even Republican voters uh, are in favor of cannabis legalization uh, now. And you don't see anywhere near 51 percent of Republican politicians uh, getting behind this issue. But that's also true uh, on the Democratic side as well. If you look at the Senate, uh, you know, polls show somewhere 70 to 80 percent uh, or so of Democrats are in favor of of legalizing cannabis. And yet you don't see that level of support from senators, at least not publicly uh, in the Senate for cannabis legalization. And the Senate really is what matters here, right? Like I, I brought up the Moore Act that passed the House a year ago. You've got the Mace bill uh, moving forward in the House, which it seems like an interesting sort of compromise bill uh, aimed at appeasing sort of 
both sides of the aisle kind of trying to present itself as, as something of a nonpartisan uh, cannabis legalization bill. Um, but the Senate's really where the holdup's going to be. And, and that's where you have to really look if you're wondering where things are going to go. Uh, in in the next year. I mean, right now, the way that things are with the filibuster needing 60 votes, it's it's pretty hard to imagine uh, that you're going to get a full descheduling bill over the finish line, uh, you know, in the next year in, in the current Congress. That being said, you know, this is, objectively speaking, the most cannabis-friendly Senate that has ever existed, right? Like, you can look at the positions people have taken. You can see that right now, uh, you know, we're looking at the most uh, cannabis-friendly Senate ever. The problem is there that that's a bit of a low bar. Uh, the Senate, Congress in general, not historically uh, very open to cannabis legalization. So when you say it's the most cannabis-friendly Senate, it's like, well, compared, compared to what? Compared to past, even less cannabis-friendly Senate. Um, you know, right now you've got all these debates around uh, the SAFE Act, uh, SAFE Banking, uh, and, you know, it's not even clear that that's going to be able to, to get through. Yeah, in, in the Senate these days. So, you know, that being said, uh, you know, there's no telling what the Senate's going to look like in two years or a year uh, after the midterms pass. This could be the best opportunity uh, for some time to get this stuff uh, over the finish line. And so I really hope that, you know, people view it that way and, and try to make the most of this opportunity uh, that we have right now. But as to whether or not it will happen, I mean, you know, you have to look how things start to shake out in the Senate next year once we get past all of this reconciliation infrastructure uh, type stuff that's really been... Uh, you know, the, the main focus uh, in Congress for the last few months now. But once we're, we're over that hill and we seem to, to be close to it, um, you're going to see all these other issues that have been on the back burner start to come to the fore. And I certainly hope uh, that cannabis is one of them. And uh, that's why I'd like, you know, for as many folks as possible to head to cannabisincommon.org uh, or, you know, wherever you, you do these things, give, give them a call, look them up on, online, wherever, um, and just let your elected officials know uh, that this is an important issue to you, that you're a voter uh, and this matters and you want to see this issue uh, move forward. Sam, you mentioned the midterms, and many of us believe that the Republican Party is engaged in a coordinated attack on our systems of democracy at the moment, spurred on by former President Trump's false accusations that the 2016 national election was rigged. I realize that headcount is nonpartisan, but how important is it to you that we defend voting integrity in America right now with the critical midterms approaching next year? I would assume this is a super important issue for headcount. Yeah, I mean, it's probably the most important issue for, for headcount and should be for uh, you know, most Americans, I, I think, uh, you know, obviously we've chosen to focus on on cannabis with the Cannabis Voter Project and the, and the Cannabis and Common campaign. But the other issue that we've sort of laser focused on at Headcount really to an even bigger degree uh, than cannabis is, is voting rights. And we actually launched a campaign this past summer uh, called Save the Vote. You can go to headcount.org slash save the vote. Just go to headcount.org and click on any of the Save the Vote icons there and they'll take you to really great resource that we put together that makes it easy to reach out to your elected officials about voting rights and ask them what they're doing, uh, particularly at the federal level, uh, to ensure that voting rights are protected. You know, in just about every state, uh, there is some sort of, you know, elected, very coordinated push uh, to roll back voting rights. This is happening pretty much every state. In some states, they've been rather successful. And in other states, they've got the potential to be successful. And really, the only thing that can stop it other than, you know, sort of state level organizing is, is comprehensive voting rights uh, legislation uh, from the federal government. So, you know, it's really crucial at this point, really more than ever, as I said, you know, now that we're getting past reconciliation and, you know, all of these different, the infrastructure bill, all of that, lots of other issues are going to start coming to the fore and voting rights, uh, you're going to hear it talked about a lot. And that's because it is, you know, the most important thing, not just uh, in this election, but in every election, uh, it's fundamental to what, you know, our country is and, and how it operates. So please, please go to Save the Vote. Find out what's going on in your state, uh, what legislation's out there trying to limit voting rights where you live. Find out where your state compares to other states, uh, but really crucially, uh, you know, make some noise on this issue 
uh, go and, and be heard uh, about this and let your legislators know that this issue, voting rights, uh, is one of the most important ones for you because that's the only way we're going to get these people to to pass something that, that protects voting rights, which, you know, you ask if it's important. I mean, it is the most important issue, um, not just for what, you know, headcount does, but for <laughs> how American democracy, you know, functions at, at all. So so please, I implore everyone, uh, if you do anything <laughs> after listening to this, it, it's go and get educated on, on what's happening with voting rights uh, where you live and, and take some action to try and preserve it. Right on, man. Sam D'Arcangelo from Headcount, thank you so much for your important work, and thanks for being on Hand Present, bro. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. That concludes this installment of the show. When it comes to prohibition, you have the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice. Find your voice and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. See you next week. Stay strong. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.